0: There we go. Hello! Hi, everybody. Oh, we're just starting right away. We're starting so. right away. Oh, well, fuck, dude. <laughs> Welcome to Football After Dark episode 11. It is episode 11. It is episode 11. Damn. We're in those double digits twice. Yes, for the second time now, yes. This is Yeah, this is the second time we've had a double digit episode.
1: This
2: is I'm, a milestone for us.
3: Yeah. And it will be every week. We're PBing every week. This is the most yeah. consistent we've done anything in our entire lives.
2: This is true. Potentially. Potentially.
3: Uh, maybe, yeah. I am your host, Justin Cullip.
0: I am joined by world's number one Chiefs fan, Matt Dustman. Hey. Professional sports broadcaster, Nate Kuiper. Almost forgot my name in my intro. <laughs> and the best stats man we got, Corey Clements.
3: Yeah. You're not the best stats, man. But you're it's just the, the best, best we got. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you're, just, you're just the best we have.
0: So. Good jokes, everybody. Good jokes, everybody.
3: Good jokes.
0: You take what you can get. Alright, so. I'm going to be straight with you guys. At the start of this episode here. I am woefully unprepared today. You've had a. Without going into some real life stuff, it's been, like, super busy over here. Yeah, I haven't really had time to do anything. Yeah. So I'm gonna be winging a lot of shit today. I mean what's what's new but more than usual, <laughs> I'm going to be winging shit today. We're gonna have to form in this Jubby report, aren't we? In a weird way we're, we usually do, but I can I think I might be able to handle it. but we're gonna give it a shot right now starting with the only weekly football news segment you need to care about. it's the Jubby report. <laughs> Welcome to the Jubby Report. Let's start with I think probably is the biggest story last week here. Uh, Rams running back Todd Gurley received a four-year extension that's worth sixty million dollars with bonuses. Six, I think it was six years. Sixty. It was million. It was
1: sixty million with forty-five million guaranteed.
0: Yeah, it's forty-five of it's guaranteed. The rest fits through you know whatever roster bonus and stuff. Yeah, it's bonuses.
2: Absolutely insane.
0: That is more. We were talking about running back pay last week, and that's more than what we were fucking talking about at all. It's huge. That is a ridiculous remember, contract.
2: What, what? What's the Antonio Brown is one of I think one of the highest. He was. He is one of the highest non not quarterbacks paid. What's his guaranteed? Do you remember offhand?
1: Um, I know we had. That well, I don't list. know what it is anymore because he took a really big pay cut at the beginning of the year. Mm. So his guaranteed money is probably real goofy where it's like 8 million this year but then it's probably going to be like way more next year. So it's a whole bunch of. Things. Essentially Todd Gurley's going to make 15 million dollars a year for the next 4 years. Like that's the straight up math. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If he makes every single penny of the 60 million dollars. Which We're is I think I mean it's 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 the most guaranteed money a running back's ever gotten but it's also the I think it's bigger than the next two running back contracts almost put together. So, because originally it was, what, Devontae with like eight and a half or nine million dollars. Mm-hmm.
0: So. Yeah, it's, uh, but this has spurred all kinds of neat drama. Yeah. So now you have Le'Veon Bell pissed. He's so mad. I believe it. Going on the twitties. <laughs> <laughs> Tweeting about how mad he is.
1: My eyes are going to roll out of my head. <laughs> on...
3: I can see it. They're gonna roll now. Uh, straight out of my head. Is this your least favorite Jabber report ever?
1: No, <laughs> no. I just. But it, it just the issue, the issue between Gurley and Levion is such a common sense one, and I don't understand. Ooh man, I'm I'm, I'm slowly getting to that point with on where I'm really I'm over him. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm over it. You're
0: just getting over slowly, getting over the entire team, are not you? Except Antonio, Antonio it, and Juju. Yeah, that's. Not... Um, as long as we got them. <laughs> you know,
1: whew. I like, and honestly, we won't get into the rookies, but I mean, I, I, I was really happy that we drafted Mason Rudolph too because I liked him a lot in college. So, hopefully, he ends up, you know, playing sooner rather than later. Not this year, but
0: it'll be a fun time. So yeah, so that, so obviously, Le'Veon's pissed, and then this morning, Aaron Donald comes out and says, "My contract, shit." I'm not going to play it down until I get a better contract. (laughs) It's like,
2: whoa. (coughs) Yeah, they offered him, uh, I think, four years, 21 mil, and he said he wanted greater than $25 And like like you just said, there's there's belief from some around the league that no matter the fines or the effect on his free agency, Aaron Donald will not play another down on his existing contract, like you just said. So, like, he is pissed.
0: He's that's after, interesting. After, after that, that's right after that Gurley contract. Big surprise, ain't
2: it? And I feel like this is this is that contract is enough to potentially kick the turmoil in gear for the Rams. And now those kind of things can weigh on a team. I don't know. Coffin. Oh, Coffin. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know how uh, that's gonna like affect the psyche of the Rams. Right. Like, and again, Todd Gurley has his money now. Some, how often do you see a drop after a player gets his money? Often. I'm not, it's an often type of thing. Often. So, like, I feel like some of the hype we have about the Rams being this all-star team, I just wonder if this is the beginning of the block starting to fall. If it happens, I called it.
0: So did I. On our second episode.
1: I also said I didn't trust the moves the Rams were making because they were bringing in a bunch of volatile personalities.
0: hmm
1: And when you couple this type of stuff with a bunch of volatile personalities, if... I can't remember who it was, but I think they said the only the only time you get disappointed, like, uh, expect expectations sow the seeds of disappointment. So, like, the Rams are supposed to be like one of the favorites in the a- in the NFC, and if Aaron Donald not being there, and Todd Gurley taking a step back because he has his contract now, which usually happens, and then they start maybe not winning as many games as they were supposed to win, and you have players like and Sue and Akeem Talib and Marcus Peters on your team. You know, things things can happen. Stuff yeah. and stuff and things can happen.
0: Basically, so, guys, it's crybaby week. It might. My- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess. For the Rams, it is anyway. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. thinking
3: about
2: it. Yeah, it's,
0: it's kind crybaby
2: week. I guess.
0: Le'Veon Maybe i will being a little baby boy. Julio. We'll get to Julio. Julio
2: got his contract.
0: He got something. He
2: I don't got, know what he got. He revised his contract. And like he's showing up to training camp, but I don't yeah, know if he apparently got. apparently the...
0: resolved his issues because he's at he's at training camp now.
2: But they but I also saw something that
1: he's not getting any more money. It's just some sort of weird revision of his contract. They did something. something. Yeah. I mean, they're
2: upload they're front loading it so you can oh, get money. They're front loading okay. it, I think, so you can get the money now and then work on the extension or the extension and raise whatever next season because they okay. they passed the wasn't there a deadline or something that they passed? Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah, this is a next story I think is really,
0: really, really fascinating. John Gordon and Khalil Mack haven't spoken once since January. Yeah, to I saw report. that this
1: morning. Yeah, I, I I love it. I know you love it. <laughs> you're 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 eating this. You're eating it up. Khalil Mack. For those that I mean, if you're a casual football fan, you may not know who he is. He's not really one of those household names. He's I mean, probably a top five. He's he's top five Easily. edge pass rusher. Like, yeah. had he if he wasn't in a division with Von Miller in it, he'd be the best pass rusher in the entire AFC West. Um, and he's he was, also he's also pretty much the only good defensive player that the Raiders have.
0: Out of his four-year NFL career, three times he went to the Pro Bowl.
1: Yeah. Well, okay. Just yeah. lay that out. There like, you go. So that, that
0: that explains pretty much everything right. to you. The man's heavily talented. Yeah. And. Uh, Apparently the entire time they haven't spoken, and now he's holding out for a contract, and he's not reporting to training camp. John Gruden is trying to talk to him, but Mac won't talk to him, As in, and won't talk to John Gruden.
2: Excellent, not excellent, but wow, no. excellent. That's some good stuff. <laughs>
0: That's some, there's, there's some spicy sauce coming at us this week for the Druby Report, and, and it's incredible. But then, let's talk about drugs, kids. Okay? They're bad, okay? They're bad, okay? They're bad, okay? Drugs. We we're going to talk about how Josh Gordon is actually free of drugs. Yeah. Still, is, I guess, free of drugs, according mm-hmm. to what we've been hearing. But he has now skipped training camp to go to rehab.
3: He. Part, he it's he,
0: part of, apparently this, according to reports, this is part of the program he's already been in. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So, like, this isn't anything huge news. Yeah, it's this like isn't a new. It's not like, oh, my God, he's doing the weed again. Send him to camp. Yeah. No, he's, this is just part of the process, but I saw, like, huge reports of this going around, like, oh, he might be gone, blah, blah, blah.
1: No. It's it's not about him missing time at camp. I talked to, actually, I was talking to you, Corey about this yesterday. They're really obscure about it, but it sounds like he may miss games. Well, no, he, here, here's the thing. He, he checked himself back into, he didn't check himself back into, like, actual rehab, but he went back to the facility because he... I don't want to see yet. He, he didn't have a setback, but he has, he, he, one of, one of the big things about his drug use, he has really, really bad anxiety and stuff like that. He has a lot of issues and stuff, which turned him into a drug addict. And he was a, he drank a lot and stuff like that. So he went back to like, sort of like get his mind straight. Cause he kind of, you know, wasn't feeling quite himself, I guess was what I was reading into. That's fine. If you're not in the middle of a football season. But if this dude is, and I, this is what I said to Corey, like, what's going to happen if he's on a plane going to Los Angeles and he starts not feeling himself? Like, if he starts, if, if if this type of thing spills into the regular season and Josh Gordon is constantly having to take breaks away from the team to make sure he's staying sober, then he's not actually helping the team because he's not going to be there. You know what I'm saying? So... It's not anything that – it's going to be one of those things that a lot of people blow it up because it's the off season. there's nothing to talk about. It's going to be one of those things that, like, everyone talks about, but it doesn't really matter right now. But that could mean a whole lot in, like, middle of October or November, especially if the Browns aren't winning.
2: Well, here's my take on it. I feel like – I mean, I obviously, some it preemptive and he checked himself back in. I feel like some of it is so he doesn't have to be on hard knocks. Ooh, that's an interesting theory. I, I feel like the Hard Knocks storylines would be taken up with Josh Gordon every time he's, like, not off camera. Like, Josh Gordon's in the bathroom. You think he's shooting up weed in there? <laughs> so, yeah, like, I feel, I feel like to to get the focus on the team or the rookies because the Browns offseason, they got enough storylines going into Hard Knocks as it is just taking the Josh Gordon out of the equation – to keep things smooth because i mean that's gonna be a stressful thing you know all those cameras and documentarian people documentarian mm-hmm. people uh they're gonna be up in his face and asking him to recall the trauma the drug abuse and everything else and he's gonna have to talk about things he probably doesn't want to talk about on camera to other people mm-hmm. so like my take on it is yeah th- this was totally planned from the start so he doesn't have to be on hard knocks him not being there though becomes a story so I think yeah, but it, they, it doesn't, instead of in, instead of it uh being like <laughs> every uh episode, they can spend like one segment on it at the beginning or something, and they don't have to like talk about it every single time that like he's in the room or away or whatever. It it he gets he gets shielded from hard knocks.
1: Now the other guys could probably are probably gonna get asked about it, but yeah, but they will support him. Right. They don't. It doesn't matter. Like they could say whatever they want about Josh, and they'll like you said, they'll support him. But him being, I kind of, that's a good point. Where, like, him getting asked about it, I'm sure they don't want him worrying about that type of stuff. Which is interesting because I feel like, I mean, the Browns decided to go on hard knocks. Like, they made that choice. Like, you need to
3: be aware that, like. I heard teams don't decide. I heard, really? Yeah. Like, I thought I, they could decline, though. Uh, I feel like. This is the second time the Browns have been on hard knocks, right? I know, but the. The league forces at least one team to do it.
2: Oh, uh, okay, okay. Okay. That so makes I... sense.
0: Well, that was a... Uh, we're not done yet. There's a couple more things we want to talk about. Okay. Um, oh, if but, you uh,
3: don't bring it up... As, as a, a result... Dez, no, wait, hold on real quick. What were you going to say? Adding on to the Josh Gordon thing, oh, yeah. I think it's funny how after that news broke that now they're looking at Des Bryant. Yeah, I was about to say that. As a result of yeah, that... That's there's that's really yeah, interesting.
0: The report is coming out that they might be eyeing
3: Dez. With, and with Dez... If Josh Gordon is there, Dez is the fourth best wide receiver on that team, in my opinion.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. Uh, Most likely. Cor- just
0: Dez because- is a hack now.
3: Just because, Cor- like, <laughs> Corey Coleman, like, people knock his hands, but he's had hand injuries this past two years. If his hands are healthy, then he's probably catching better. But also, he's just so much fucking more versatile than Dez <laughs> Bryant. Yeah. What are you going to do with Dez Bryant? Have sub packages in red zone packages to have him run a fade route? Just to get somebody to cover Des on a fade route.
1: And you, it was in, you, yesterday when we were talking about it. You brought up an interesting point that like Des may not be okay with that. Like Des may want if the Cleveland Browns had signed Des, Des might be like, "Hey, like why aren't I playing?" Right. And the Browns be like, "Well, because we don't want you to play."
3: And <laughs> and
1: let's be honest, if there is one team in the league that. Like out of any team in the league that cannot have that type of dysfunction going on it's them <laughs> because the, all the all it takes is one little that team's like the, the foundation that that team is built on is made out of like not even duct tape it's like scotch tape and really like glue sticks oh my god <laughs> so if if Des Bryant comes onto that team and then Des starts to not play and then Des starts to cause Des problems, which he does as he yep, as he usually does.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Man, that's a bad locker room to do that in because they are really trying to like right the ship in Cleveland. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's hella hella weird. I don't know. I don't think Dorsey. I think I think it's a I think it's just strictly looking at him. Dorsey's a smart guy. I don't think you put that team in that position. Like, you have enough weapons offensively. You don't want the extra headache. You're gonna have potentially a rookie quarterback taking over this year. And we just saw what a rookie second well, a rookie into a second year quarterback looks like with Des Bryant. And Dak Prescott. It's not good. (laughs) So I think I I think it's just a I think it's just a, eh, we're looking at it. We're not sure.
0: I don't think they're going to do it. I don't think they're going to do it either. Uh, Dez is too problematic for any NFL team. He should probably just he's not, s- not even that good. probably he's just, just stay just, at home just... and watch his son play Fortnite, which apparently he complained about on Twitter. And uh, then My friend,
2: friend Genhart, you'll probably hear from him at some point on this podcast. Oh, uh, You've heard from him like once or twice before when he's... Had to interject because he can't shut up.
1: Yeah, he, he won't, he's gonna appear every once in a while when we actually start talking about like during the season when we start talking about games.
0: Yeah. Uh, but he had an. I don't know if he did this or not. He was telling me he was gonna do it. He uh, because Des Bryant came out and made a tweet about uh about his son playing Fortnite. He told his son when he wanted asked when he, he's just gonna play Fortnite all the time. And his son was like, Yeah. He was look, we oh, got the Fortnite bug with like cry laughing emojis. And then, uh, Genhart, my boy, I th- he told me he was going to quote tweet it and say, wow, your son's going to make more money than you, Des, streaming Fortnite. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> it's
2: like, it could have be been good, you know what I'm saying? Technically, any money's more than what Des is making right now, but I'm bummed. That's true. Yeah, he's yeah. making nothing. And finally, we're going to talk about one more thing.
0: Like Jesus descending down upon his disciples at the starter training camp, Antonio Brown
2: landed a helicopter. <laughs> Dude, what is with teams and play- uh, players entering into training camp doing crazy shit is the funniest thing to me. <laughs> it's so wonderful. Last yeah. year he he
1: showed up in, a, in his car, and he has a car that's just strictly like Steeler stuff. Like it's painted black and yellow. I saw it actually because I went to one of their training camps and he had it parked. Um, obviously you couldn't get anywhere near it but like it was parked the closest where the players park uh, over on the, It's obviously they practice in Latrobe and on that big field that they practice on you can actually see the lot where they park it's up closer to the school and his car was the frontmost one so that you can see it as you walk by so <laughs> they don't let you go in like there's security guards and fenced off and stuff where their cars are but his car was right there, that Pittsburgh Steeler one so this year he decided to instead of driving, he was gonna get dropped off in a helicopter. So he
3: has he has like three Rolls Royces, doesn't he? he has like the, the classic Rolls, and then like yeah, his the city. galaxy wrapped newer one, mm-hmm. and then like just the red and or yellow and yeah. black.
1: He likes Rolls Royces. He's not like a Antonio. Apparently,
0: did Antonio a, land the helicopter himself?
1: I don't think so. No. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't think so because I think the helicopter eventually took off after i'm pretty sure We might have had someone co-piloting with him maybe yeah but no he yeah he, he, he's not a sport car guy he's a... a wolf of wall street bullshit yeah <laughs> <laughs> now antonio is he was on jimmy kimmel with his kids and it was really funny because his kids were like play fighting in the chair while jimmy kimmel was trying to interview him and it was really funny <laughs> and uh i didn't know antonio brown had four kids Oh, yeah, really? they were
3: in the helicopter with him.
1: Oh yeah, I did I, I he brought out the two little ones. He has like four kids. I didn't know that. And Jimmy Kimmel was like, "Are the other two kids gonna be jealous that, that these two are on TV?" And
0: he's like, "Oh yeah." He's like, "They'll be jealous." So that's the that's the Joey Report this week. Sorry, it's uh so dysfunctional. Yeah, I I uh, it's been a week. We just had like
1: an open little forum
0: for the Joey Report. Yeah, it's a different one. It was mm-hmm. like a
1: it was like an editorial article as opposed to you know like a weekly report you get a yeah. bu- you get a bunch of people you know can just kind of throw out their opinions so all right so this uh this episode is the continuation of a couple things we're still doing team reports uh i believe it's me doing the Bengals and you doing the bills right
3: mm-hmm.
1: and then we also wanted to i guess discuss a little more in depth about all these players that are holding out just a couple of them and like i said we're going to mention julio and what ended up happening with him uh, and then we're also doing, this was Corey's idea that, and then I sort of added this little caveat cause I think we could spend a, a way too much time talking about it if we, if there wasn't some sort of parameter, I want you to pick all, th- all four of us are going to pick two things, two things, and it could be a combination of anything. It could be, you know, what to your heart's desire, what two things do you need to win a Super Bowl? Two things. You pick any two things you want. Um, you could say, uh, I want the best GM available. You could say, I want the best quarterback. You could say, I want the best coach. You could say, uh, I'm going to build defense first. You could say, I'm going to... Whatever you want to say. So, But that was Corey's idea. And then after, as I was thinking about as the day went on, I was like, man, we'll probably be sitting here for a real long time. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, we're going to continue our projections uh, this week we are doing the AFC East. Last week we did the NFC East, so now we're doing the AFC counterpart. And um, I'm wondering to see, I'm if you're if you're playing along at home, which I hope you are, wherever you're listening, uh, start taking over unders as to do the Patriots like what are the odds that all th- four of us have the Patriots winning more games than the other three teams in the AFC East combined? That'll be a fun one to do, because I'm I would. I would say at least two of us are gonna do it. At least two of us are gonna have the Patriots winning more games than the Dolphins, Jets, and Bills combined. So, I think, I know, I, I'm almost certain Corey did. Like, almost, I haven't looked at what Corey wrote, but I'm almost 100% certain Corey did.
3: It's, it's a doozy. Yeah. Oh. In the yeah. words of Matt Dustman, I'm sure of. It's a doozy. <laughs> it's a, it's an oof, big mood. is <laughs> it isn't, it's a, it's an oof. Big mood, big mood. Oof! Oh boy. So I guess um, do you want to go first with the Bills? Yeah, I'm. It's gonna be shorter. Uh, Bills are terrible. (laughs) 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 I mean, like they're just they just hemorrhage talent on offense and just like somehow they keep a solid defense. It's Partly well coached, partly mm-hmm. players they find like Tredavius White. He was one of my favorite cornerbacks from the draft uh, last year. And I was hoping the Saints were going to just double dip in that first round <laughs> when uh, he was still on the board before they took Ramchek, but I'm glad we got Ramchek. Uh, Tredavius was really good. He was probably the best rookie corner. Uh, he was on pro football focuses. So they get they get a real steal in him. Uh, Tre'Davious White,
1: famous for being attacked by Rob Gronkowski, right during the course of the season, smacked, yeah. got gronked on. <laughs> <You> got... <laughs> Took a nice little people's elbow to the back of the head. Oh. Gronk got one game.
3: Gronk
0: conked. <laughs> gronk. What do you think's worse, giving somebody the people's elbow unprovoked on the sideline, or smoking weed? Put in the NFL it's smoking weed, right?
3: Well, oh, yeah. Uh I think Marcel Darius was their leading pass rusher in sacks. He had like eighteen sacks, like or sixteen sacks, like a year the year yeah. maybe last year. But he's 36, 34, something like that. He's old. <laughs> like it's just he's like, also uh on
1: the Jaguars now. Okay, so they got they got rid of him halfway through the year last year, like right before the right. trade. They just let Marcel Darius go, their best defensive lineman. Right. Just let him go.
3: Uh, whatever, you know. Yeah. <laughs> when you're the Bills, just say fuck it. Yeah. That's <laughs> what they do. They have no receiving core. They had I mean, I understand you're like frustrated. Oh, Sammy Watkins is hurt all the time. Okay fucking deal with it. <laughs> he's the best receiver you have when he is hurt. Like at... <laughs> <laughs> when Sammy Watkins is less is less than 100%, he's your best receiver. And he's by miles. Like it's not even close. Kelvin Benjamin like he had a good rookie season, but he's turning into cheeseburger Eddie. <laughs> He's just like he's just the six foot six version of Eddie Lacy. <laughs> <laughs> he he also can't
1: stay healthy. No, he's, he's been having issues right like, with like his low like his ankles. Probably and, the
2: cheeseburgers. Probably
3: right. <laughs> just the diabetes setting in. Oh and no,
2: whatnot. not the beatus.
3: <laughs> but you just they they can't keep anybody good on their offense. I mean, honestly, I think Tyrod's gonna do amazing in Cleveland now that he has people to throw to. Like he did, he was serviceable without anybody to throw to. And the only thing that they had to do was cover LaShawn McCoy. But now they have a committee that's altogether better than LaShawn McCoy.
1: At this point, yeah. Right. Definitely. And
3: then receivers that are miles ahead of whatever the Buffalo had. So tie rod wasn't your problem there. Mm-hmm. They're just like so dead set. That a quarterback is what they need to win. They're just giving away players and letting players go that aren't a quarterback.
1: And then they got Josh Allen. Right. Who I think all of us simultaneously agreed on that rookie episode we did was... Out of the big five rookies, he was the... Well...
3: In the worst situation. Yeah,
1: he was in the worst situation. Primarily Mm -hmm. because he went to Buffalo.
3: Right. And it's like he's got a big arm which impressed a lot of teams and like could translate to the nfl but he also had the worst accuracy out of any college quarterback and it's like worse than what like in college his accuracy was worse than what backup quarterback accuracy are in the nfl Mm -hmm. and usually you get worse when you go to the nfl yeah
1: so it's uh it's sort of the same thing with joe flacco Right. Where Joe Flacco coming out of college, he was the exact same thing as Josh Allen. He had a big arm. He was big. He was strong. He wasn't very athletic. He wasn't very accurate. But look at the team that Joe Flacco needed in order to win a Super Bowl. Like, you needed three perennial Hall of Famers on defense. You needed an unbelievable offensive line. You needed a really smart GM. You needed a pretty decent head coach.
3: And he needed a good run game. And
1: you needed a good run game. The Bills have maybe one of those things. Because Sean McDermott is not a terrible coach. Right. That might be the only thing they have. Of all of those necessary things. <laughs> so.
3: You let... You have... They have no, like, foresight for the future and what's coming up. Because they right. let... Gillisly go. He was young and like talented. Even though your running back's thirty years old, and only gonna last you a couple more years, and then he doesn't even do that.
2: <laughs> it, I mean, he did report to training camp, so yeah, he might play a game. Maybe before they find out that he had someone he hired a hitman. Yeah, hired a hitman to beat his
1: girlfriend up Jesus before Christ. they drop the van hammer on him. Right. <laughs> I think the Bills would almost be thankful. Like, oh man, there's another good player we can let go Right, it's just,
3: <laughs> like, I just don't understand what they're doing. Like, it's like they're trying to be worse than the Browns.
1: They just keep trying to tank over and over again. Right. But I don't think the Browns were trying to tank. I think right. the Browns were just a...
3: I know, but that's, they're trying to be worse than the Browns and they're somehow not doing <laughs> works because they make the playoffs because of some like fucking andy dalton fuckery
1: <laughs> yeah i think a lot of people take and you mentioned tyrod look i'm i'm not discounting tyrod last year and, and like i said he's never had the weapons that he's had he didn't have the weapons in buffalo that he has now in cleveland but I think the bigger issue with Tyrod is that Tyrod was almost like a m- even more timid, like Alex Smith, right. where he refused to take risks, and when you have like really good receivers, there are going to be moments where you have to trust your receivers, especially when they're that good, and we've never really seen Tyrod like kind of put a team on his back. And, like, carry them. And, again, we're talking about an organization that has a fan base that has the shortest, like, I guess you call it, like, a fuse of patience. It is microscopic in Cleveland. The fuse of patience in Cleveland fans is so small that if Tyrod goes, like, if they lose the first game against Pittsburgh and then he has, like, a bad first quarter... They're gonna boom out of the building. Like they're they're not gonna want to see him anymore. Like they're gonna want Baker. So this it's like in a, a lot of pressure on Tyrod. So and again, like you said last year, yeah, he took the Bills to the playoffs. You know what it took to put get the Bills into the playoffs? Oh boy, Andy Dalton. Completing, what was it, a fourth down and 15 in a meaningless game against the Baltimore Ravens where they blew a coverage and Brandon LaFell ran like 50 yards for a touchdown.
3: What was it, LaFell?
1: Yeah, I think it was LaFell. That's what put the Bills in the playoffs. And then they got held to like three points against Jacksonville in a game where Blake Bortles ran for more than he threw. So the Bills are in rough shape. right and we haven't even predicted what their record's going to be yet.
2: Oh man. So it's going to be fun. I can't wait to hear what you guys all have them at.
3: Yeah. The Bills are hemorrhaging talent and they just everything's fine to them. Like, right. We, we made the playoffs last year. We'll let everybody go like
2: fuck it. We'll get some butts <laughs> in seats, some more
1: people through tables. Right. That's almost I don't I would never want to see the Bills play cuz I, I just want to go just hang out in the parking lot <laughs> before the Bills, Bills <laughs> games. Like, just to see people just get lit I wanna, on fire. I want to I
2: wanna go to a Bill's game with our friend Shane and watch Shane join in the madness. Oh, man, dude. Shane's listening. We're sorry. Like, man. Shane, I don't want you to put me through a table, but I'd put you through a table if that's what you wanted. Yeah, I was going to say,
3: like, we'll, we'll figure something out. Like, <laughs> do, you, do you think the Bill's owners have some sort of stock at in- plastic table companies
1: (laughs) (laughs) someone look core you have your laptop look it up right now (laughs) we need to do matt if it's true we're gonna send our our uh investigating reporter matt dustman over to buffalo we're sending him to east new york
0: investigative journalism rochester (laughs) we're sending him
1: to rochester to figure out the conspiracy behind the Bills Mafia breaking all these tables to drive up the stock of
2: <laughs> plastic
1: tables that they happen to have a stake in. Uh, so we're, no. we're
3: digging up conspiracy theories here on Football After Dark. People,
2: we're just asking th- questions. You what right, saying, man.
3: The biggest problem with card tables is they only buy them once. Exactly. <laughs> right. What if we could get them to buy them eight times a year?
1: Yeah, it's true.
3: <laughs> you got anything else about the Bills? That's it. Or or is
1: half of New York done or I guess a third of New York done being sad.
3: Fourth of New York. A fourth
1: of Oh uh, yeah, a fourth of New York, yeah. So continuing that, oh boy. I'm gonna move over to the Bengals. Yeah. Um I'm gonna do the Bengals shocker. Let's go, Marvin Lewis. So I roughly talked about them last week and the extent of what I said was that they're my least favorite team and they're my most hated team. It's not necessarily because they beat us all the time. Um, that distinction would go to the Patriots or the Jaguars and the Ravens have for the most part been the more physical rivalry because it's been kind of going back and forth between them that winning for a long time. It was either the Ravens or the Steelers winning the division and whoever didn't win the division made the playoffs anyway. Uh, but it has; it's kind of shifted away from that, and it has now pretty much become two times a year. Uh, at some point in the NFL season, there are, I think, there are two hundred and fifty-six games in an NFL season. There's actually two hundred and fifty-four because the Steeler Bengals games are not football games.
2: Oh no! They're
1: they're th- brawls. They're brawls. Like it's it almost never, never doesn't happen. Where at some point during a Steelers-Bengals game, something happens and it just turns into an absolute, like, let's see who can, let's see what team can hurt the more players on the other team. But if we're going to talk about the Bengals from a personnel standpoint, um, I personally think, and I talked about it on, and Justin's nice enough to always plug my show, which I appreciate, and he doesn't need to do that, but.
0: I'll plug your show every single time. It's uh, Kuiper Knows Best, premiering every Monday on YSNLive.com slash Kuiper 10 a.m. You should watch it. Anyway, go ahead.
1: Thank you. Um, I talked about them on Monday, and I said that very similarly to how I kind of feel about the Falcons, even though I don't think the Falcons are nearly going to be this bad, the Bengals' roster is just awful. Like, I just don't... First of all, they're, they let their two best offensive linemen go last year in Whitworth, who ended up being a real big part of what turned the Rams around. And I think his last name is Zeitler. Uh, he ended up, he was a guard, and he ended up going to Cleveland. He played okay. He wasn't superb, but they ended up letting their two best offensive linemen go. Jeremy Hill and Giovanni Bernard have kind of given way to Joe Mixon, who was kind of a disappointment last year. He only had like two or three good games. A couple years ago, they let Marvin Jones and Muhammad Sanu both leave in free agency and you can make an argument that both of those guys are probably two of the best number two receivers in the entire NFL. The, the Bengals. Is
3: the best quarterback in the NFL. Right, yeah. <laughs>
1: Bengals, the Bengals had both of them plus A.J. Green and let them both go. Their defense has gotten exceptionally worse over the last couple of seasons. they not really replacing some of their best players. Geno Atkins is getting up there in age, and he he got injured a number of years ago and just really hasn't been his self ever since then. Uh, they haven't really been able to replace Domota Pecco very well. Vontaze, I'm not even going to talk about Vontez Perfect because I try my best not to swear on this show, and I will if I talk about Vontez Perfect. He's just the absolute... I have a shirt. I'll say this. I have a shirt of uh, the scene from the Pittsburgh... Uh, Cincinnati game on Monday night a couple years ago, or not, like a couple, last week, it was last year, it wasn't even a couple years ago, where Juju Smith-Schuster just absolutely blasts Vontez Burfict and stands over him. And I have a shirt that has that picture on it, and the top of the shirt just says Karma, which is, the reason that's there is because after the game was over and Juju was being asked about the hit he put on Burfict, you can hear Antonio Brown in the background yelling the word Karma. You know... I get that we live in an era where football is in this weird state where we're trying to make the game safer and those type of hits and that type of barbaric nature that is associated with football is kind of being phased out. There are thousands. There are thousands of players in the NFL. There is only one guy. There is one human being that plays in the NFL that deserves to get absolutely rocked in a game, and it is Vontez Perfect. I dislike that man he so much. He is nothing but a just a dirty, just, I don't want to call him a thug because of the, the social connotations of a thug, but, like, there's just no other way I can explain. He just has absolutely nothing going for him except for the fact that he is just overly aggressive, overly just... He's just a dirty player. Like, I've seen him, and it's not even about, he's like, oh, you're a Steelers fan, of course you say that. It's not even about just what he does against the Steelers. I watched him against the Packers dive at Martellus Bennett's knees after a play was over when Martellus wasn't even looking at him. I watched him get into a fist fight on a sideline and shove a referee and get ejected from a game. Like, he, after that hit that he suffered on Juju, he failed a drug test and is now blaming Juju for it. It's just, he is just an absolutely despicable, awful human being as far as, like, on the football field goes. And it just makes me utterly detest the team that he plays on. Not to mention the fact they have Adam Jones, who is another uh, potential Cleveland free agent signing. I didn't know that was a thing. I saw that this morning, that Adam Jones is being courted by the Cleveland Browns. Um, Adam Jones is another player who... I think just overstayed his welcome in Cincinnati and sucked up a whole bunch of money. And certainly outside of being a body, a warm body out there for the Bengals, I can't remember a single time where I was like, wow, man, Adam Jones just won that game for the Bengals. Or wow, he really stepped up that series and cost them things. They've had a couple draft picks in the defensive end that haven't really worked out. Darquise Drenard was a top uh, corner a number of years ago, and he has barely played. Um, They can't seem to get Tyler Eifert healthy and he's one of the best tight ends in the league when he's healthy. And for some reason they kept him for some reason. And they, I think they even re-signed him to a long-term deal despite the fact, I think Tyler Eifert's played a grand total of like six games over the course of the last three years. And the final point that I'll say is Marvin Lewis should not be the head coach of the Bengals anymore. Like how much longer can a guy, and I understand he's, Probably very well respected in the locker room and very well respected among coaches, but there is not another guy in the NFL that can have as many seasons like the Bengals have had over the course of his tenure, which is over fifteen, or going to be over fifteen plus years now. He has one playoff. I don't think any playoff wins. It's either one playoff win or no playoff wins. And the con- the consistent like meltdowns over the course of the season, the hemorrhaging of offensive talent very similar to the bills and they just seem to bring on these players that have these questionable attitudes and it ends up costing them games like Adam Jones out of all the stuff that went down in that playoff game against the with the Bengals and the Steelers Adam Jones effectively cost the Bengals that game because after the hit on Antonio that Burfik did that cost them a 15 yards then Adam Jones got in the face of a Pittsburgh coach and cost them another 15 yards, which made the kick from Boswell possible. So, but they, and then they kept him, they kept him going into this year. It's just the, the perfect word to describe the Bengals for me is just meh. Like, I just don't like anything about the Bengals outside of AJ green's going to be a pretty good receiver. Like outside of that, Andy Dalton is the beige water pistol He's not that great. He's a C, C-plus quarterback at best.
2: I, mean, I always like the Red Ryder BB
1: gun. I, beige water pistol. <laughs> I, like. I didn't even make that up, but I, I use it because it's fitting. I don't like their offensive line. Joe Mixon is easily, out of all those rookie running backs that we discussed last week, he's easily the one that's the most forgettable because he's kind of forgettable. Like, he didn't really play that well in a situation where, I mean, he he was projected to be one of the best running backs in that class, and he ended up going to a team that really needed him, and he didn't play well. I don't like their defense. As it stands right now, they're certainly looking like the second-best team in the state of Ohio by a lot of people's opinions, and when you're in a division with the Steelers, who they seemingly can't beat, they it's almost uh, the same situation with if we're going to bridge into like basketball. It's almost like how LeBron was with Toronto. Where Toronto seemingly was like went through this stretch where they were way more talented than the Cavs, but they just could not beat them. It's very similar to that. The Bengals have had years where, like, wow, they have a really good roster and they're really talented. And and Andy Dalton's having an MVP year and they just cannot seem to beat the Steelers. And then the Ravens are kind of in flux, but I think that's a really good competitive series that they have. And then Cleveland's been really good this year. So Cincinnati, and we'll get in, and like I said, this is saving me the, the trouble of doing this when we eventually get to the AFC North. I think they're going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. And I'm not saying that because I don't like them. I'm not saying that because I'm a Steeler fan. I'm saying that because there isn't anything about them that either impresses me or intrigues me. And when you're in a division where you're easily going to lose at least four of those games in your own division, and plus you're in an AFC that's a little bit better, I think the Bengals, ironically, along with the Bills who Corey talked about, are going to be fighting for the number one overall pick in the 2019 NFL Draft.
3: Adding on to the hemorrhaging part, uh, Bills actually hemorrhaged one of their good offensive linemen and Bengals kind of just like disgustingly put their mouth underneath it and swallowed it up. They, yeah. they got a uh, Cordell. It's, Cor, it's Cor, Corey Glenn or Cordy Glenn? Cordy Glenn. who's right. Who's like a late, good left. He's right. a good left tackle, but he's old. Right. He's like in his late 30s. So. But uh, they've been taking strides to improve their offensive line. So, like, I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Mixon at least had 1,000 all-purpose yards, if not well, 1,200. Uh, with a full season, I think he's right. he can get to 1,000. But Right. But, you know, it's still the defense is looking terrible. Like, they haven't really had any good hit. They had the one pass rusher last year. He Johnson? Was, Michael Johnson? He was a rookie.
1: Oh, um, I don't know. Yeah, he I was don't.
3: good at the beginning of the year. I think he fell off uh towards the end, but he was, he had some good flashes, uh and that's, like, all you have on defense. Yeah. Like
1: It's, um... Go like
3: fly! Bengals going to suck ass! Are they the
1: worst team in the AFC North? Oh, yeah. As it stands right now. Uh,
3: I think they definitely have... The lowest ceiling.
1: Okay. Uh,
3: right. Yeah, that's, I, I, I don't think it's a question. I that's think they're
0: definitively the worst team in the. NBA that's team. a
1: fair, unless things go really, really bad in Baltimore. Right.
0: That's yeah. what.
2: That's, hey, that's. Baltimore
0: has a high chance of just like exploding. Yeah. Just...
2: Like Baltimore could like it bust out and everything, but they are they already started building for the future. They got Flacco's replacement. Their defense is still good.
3: Yeah. They've
2: started working. So like, if they do. Like the Bengals have no backup plan. The Ravens have backup plans mm-hmm. and have started thinking about the future. The Bengals got nothing. They they were supposed to start on the future this year when they were finally going to get rid of Marvin Lewis when he was like, I'm going to retire. And he was like, nah, come back again. Yeah. Hey, Marvin Lewis, Brett Favre, that organization. <laughs> and they could just fire him because he sucks, but they won't. Right.
3: Uh, I think there's been good reports from Lamar Jackson from training camp. Uh, but the only like thing I have with that is like you're playing against you're having him go against like a good secondary like you if anything, the Ravens have just been building and building on a secondary mm-hmm. for the past few years. but you're also his competitions Joe Flacco. Right. so.
1: And he also is a wildly inaccurate college quarterback. Like that dude's not ready for a pro offense, but he's like, not this year. But not this year.
2: Next year, who knows? His this is Flacco's last year, right? It's on his
1: last deal? year. It's his last year on this deal. Yeah. So if he doesn't, he if it doesn't work out for Flacco,
3: if you look at Lamar's accuracy numbers from his three years in college, they, they substantially improved each year. Yeah, it went up every year. So like, maybe I I think he'll couple years in the league he'll be a 60 percenter but not his rookie year
1: right all right do we want to go to the like holdouts we could just do like an open forum about how we feel about all these players that are holding out
2: Uh, that's fine
0: yeah that's fine
1: because i think it's i mean we talked we touched on it a little bit because we talked about aaron donald already and does Aaron? okay I'll just, we'll just do it like this. I'll just ask questions. Um, Aaron Donald doesn't play a single down this year. Does it affect the Rams win total? And if so, by how much? Cause you got to remember, they still have, they still got Brockers. They still have Sue. They still ended up getting those good line, but those good corners and Peters and Tlaib. They still have a really good offense. So does it affect their win total? And if so, by how much?
3: That's a tough question.
1: Um, well, that's that's essentially right. how you have to look at it. If you're I think the, if you're at the
3: where I think at where they are now, if anything, it affects maybe one to two games.
1: Yeah, it it affect, does it affect their win or loss, or does it just affect how maybe? Right. that's
3: what I mean. It's like a diff- differential, like right, like if they win nine games, like I think. Aaron, Donald could have been the difference between two of them. Would you arguably
2: say that Aaron Donald's the best player on that team?
1: He's the best defensive player in the league. Like by, I mean, we talk about Pro Football Focus a lot, but they did like a piece on him, and they were like, it's not even close. Like the amount of disruption that he brings from an interior position is just otherworldly. Like,
2: I feel like that alone is one to two games. Uh, just, just that they just straight up flat. Lo- they're just flat. They lose. Uh, 100%. They wow. One to two games that he could cost. He With his, he, I mean, you're just talking, his pressures, his ability to disrupt, he could stop a pass, get a sack, do something to save a game or turn the tide in a turnover favor.
0: Yeah, if he holds out the hold, you would like, go look at probably, like, a couple games. Like, man, that was really close. If Donald was there to stop him. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I completely agree with Matt. Uh, it's like JJ Watt.
3: Yeah, like look way. at
0: the look what happens to the Houston Texans
1: defense when JJ doesn't play. Exactly. It completely just caves in on itself.
0: Yeah, it's not the same.
2: Yeah. But
3: that's the thing that Houston, besides Clowney, didn't really have a defense outside of JJ. They had I mean, they had Swearinger, I guess, but. It's yeah,
1: weird. well, and they have Whitney Merciless and stuff right. like that. I think that, well, that's the difference. I think that you take J.J. off of the Texans, the Texans are just awful on defense. Like, we're all talking about, yeah, take Aaron Donald off, it's like one or two games. But you take J.J. off the Texans, and it's like three or four games. Yeah,
2: for sure, for sure. Just
1: because of how different their defenses are, so.
2: I, and I say physically one to two games. Now, what I sort of touched on, and we kind of talked about a little bit ago, the mental aspect of the turmoil on the team with Cooks and Gurley. Gurley still had two years on his contract. Cooks is a brand new player to the team. They got paid before the best player, Aaron Donald, on their team. They they, they paid them before Aaron Donald, and then they offered Aaron Donald $21 million, and he's like, I'm not playing for any less than twenty five. And like you said, they got all those... "Quote unquote problem players," Kuiper, like you said, between Peter, Sue, and whatever else, lead. it just really makes you wonder. Physically, one to two games. Mental aspect. You still have a young coach, still the youngest coach, right?
1: Yeah, he's like, thirty-one years old. He's
2: thirty-one years old, and he's still the youngest. It just, just because he, he's not like a rookie head coach anymore. But those kind of things, it's going to test his mantle.
1: I said that the most dangerous thing to do with somebody who's young and em- gets immediate success is to remind them how successful they were immediately. Because Sean McVay is what type of coach? He's an offensive coach, correct? Correct. He's an offensive coach. The two players that you mentioned, what side of the ball do they play on?
2: Defense. Oh, no, no wait, the, the the people they signed were offense. Right, yeah, right. Sorry, yeah.
1: The people that they brought in on one-year deals, what side of the ball do they play?
2: Those are the defense.
1: Read between the lines. Sean McVay is kind of saying we can kind of make do with anybody on defense because if I get my guys on offense, we can win games. In a weird way. Like, you can kind of look at it. No, you
2: can look at it that way. I just NFL history disagrees with him.
1: Oh, no, NFL history 100% disagrees with him. But it's one of those things where you look at it and you think, wow, like, Sean McVay and the Rams – are really, really prioritizing their offense. They have one of the best defensive linemen in the NFL, and he's mad and he doesn't want to sit out. And then you bring in all of these kind of quote-unquote misfit players all on one-year deals, and chances are they're not going to be back because they still haven't paid Goff yet. Yep. They still have to pay Jared Goff, which yep. is, I kind of talked with, with Justin about it yesterday. How can you not give Goff over $20, 24000000 million a year? He's a franchise quarterback. And if you have one, you got to pay him. So, it's this dangerous thing that I feel like the Rams are kind of trending in this position where Sean McVay is... And I don't think Sean McVay is, like... He doesn't come across as, like, a conceited, like, know-it-all guy. But Sean McVay was successful immediately. He brought an offense that was dead last to first. And now it kind of seems like the Rams are falling into this trap where they think they could just make do with warm bodies on defense because their offense is going to be so good well we saw what happened with the new england patriots where if you kind of don't really prioritize your defense you go to a super bowl and you give up 41 points and although you scored 33 so i think aaron donald is a that's like a big deal like i think i think it's going to get like, glossed over because people are going to do that. Like, oh, the Rams are going to be fine. Rams got to Sue until he's like, yeah, they got it for one year. Then, after that, when Russell Wilson gets a squad again and Jimmy Garoppolo gets another year, and if Josh Rosen ends up being as good as a lot of people think he is, those are three really good quarterbacks
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> that
1: you got to go up against thr- twice a year, and you're not going to have the best overall defensive player in the league potentially. Like, that's not good. So. What about uh, – what do you guys feel – what's another player? That, well, I've well, I got to talk about Le'Veon Bell. We already kind of talked about Le'Veon Bell. Um, David Johnson.
3: Didn't he say he's going to be there?
1: He said he was going to be there, but he is another one of those running backs that's going to want to contract. And this girly thing definitely
2: affects David Johnson. Sure does. It does, but at the same time, because of his injury, I don't think he has – he has like – a leg to stand on to get paid but he shouldn't get Todd Gurley money because he missed a year right he um, has more of a leg to stand on than Le'Veon does yeah because he's young yeah he's young Cause, he's, cause
1: Dave, yeah because David's younger he only missed one year his injury wasn't if you're talking about like okay running back injuries wrist, wrist and hand injuries are not nearly as detrimental to your long term career as like lower leg injuries right and Le'Veon's had two David's had none. David's never been suspended for drugs. So David's got a little bit more of a leg to stand on than Le'Veon does. But David, he did say he's going to go to camp, but this, man, the Rams, like, really put the rest of the NFL, like, on notice. Like, dude, if you got a running back who's healthy and he stays
2: out of trouble, you pay that dude. Like, you better pay that guy because. I think it's part of the shift in the NFL again. Like, franchise quarterbacks and everything are successful, but, like, a lot of the i mean you see the patriots they drafted a running back in the first round you're starting to see the shift where
3: it's easier to find good running backs and to build a team around than it is to find a franchise quarterback yeah, yeah.
2: yes that's true but i also think like if you have an elite running talent it lowers the bar for what a franchise quarterback could be for your team if they don't have to make as many plays a lot, of, like a lot of teams they were trying to, like, colts Peyton manning it, where Manning, they had a, a die and whatnot, but they never really had a running game, not that good of an offensive line. They just used the quarterback to wing everything, and teams started to try to emulate that, and that's why you saw the increase in passing, uh, more emphasis on wide receivers. Now you're starting to see it reel back a little the other way because NFL works in cycles. Running backs are becoming... Sort of more important again. I don't know if they're like 15 million a year important. No. But like, the, just the, the fact that if you have, like, a lot of the top teams in the NFL have good running games. Whether it's through a running back by himself or through a committee, like a two headed horse or three headed monster, or whatever, running, having a good run game is becoming increasingly important again. Yeah. And you also notice that they've been catching more passes.
3: Mm hmm. It's it, the
0: versatility yeah. aspect of it. That's, that's what's becoming more important.
1: Easier completions, less hits on your quarterback. Yep. When you're not dropping back, you know, 15 yards and throwing deep posts and things like that. It's no, I, I think it's, um, I think what we're going to see is this sort of inverse effect of if you get a guy, if you get a quarterback who is serviceable, like, I'm not, and I know you're like a big fan of Goff. Jared Goff. Yeah, no. I'll, Jared, I'll, I'll lay it out right now. Jared Goff, like I'll say, like Tyrod. Yeah, Goff and Tyrod and Dak Prescott, yeah. those type of guys that are franchise quarterbacks, but they're not perennial like elite guys. Maybe they're like bottom tier two guys. Yeah, you want to keep that guy because he's better than what half the league has. But you need something else to kind of help him, like. As good as Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees and Tom Brady and, you know, Russell Wilson are, they kind of can make do with a less than ideal running situation just based on their individual talent, those four guys. Man, everybody else needs something. Like, even Ben Roethlisberger, like, needs at least some form of production. You know, Philip Rivers needs some form of production from his running game. The year that the, uh... The year the Raiders went 12 and four, big part of the reason why they went 12 and four is because Latavius Murray had a really good year, mm-hmm. like pretty especially the second half of the year, hundred
3: yards or something. Like yeah, that. he
1: had like a really. Plus they had like Washington and Ricard to kind of come in and do that like receiving ding or the, like the receiving role. They had like a nice little committee of running backs there that really helped Derek Carr. And then Latavius Murray went out the door, and they brought in an old Marshawn Lynch, and what happened?
2: It got worse. It
1: got worse. So. Yeah, the these running backs that are holding out now or that are probably going to hold out for a deal like Gurley, like it's a little especially coming from I'm sitting across I'm sitting in between two people that have two really good young running backs. So that is going to be now granted at that point. I don't have a quarterback co-
3: contract coming up though, so.
1: Yeah, you don't have a quarterback contract coming up now. Um so uh. the only other player that uh i think will i don't want to say talk about i, I want to bring that this is this is I mean, well, if we
2: were gonna i know you mentioned david johnson let's piggyback for a second because i mean obviously we talked about in jubby report khalil max holding out what about this aaron donald deal does to him in his talks if aaron donald gets this over 25 million a year and whatnot how does that impact Khalil Mack and his contract. Who knows? You won't talk to Gruden about it. <laughs> I was going to say, if you think John <laughs>
0: Gruden
1: is going to give a defensive player over 25, he, no way. <laughs> like, absolutely. Did you see what John Gruden said? That if it doesn't, if at any point, he said this, at literally any point, if it doesn't work out for the Raiders and he gets fired, he doesn't want their money. He just said, he's like, oh, I won't take their money. I'm like, John, do you not know how contracts work? They, like, have to pay you. (laughs) Like, they made the contract and you signed it. Like, are you just going to... Give it back? Just give it back to them? (laughs) Like, (laughs) I don't know if that's allowed. Like... I'll just make a new contract. Right.
3: Like, I don't necessarily know. Can you un guarantee money in the NFL? I guarantee you eighty million over eight years. (laughs) Even though you only gave me twenty. Right. Like, I don't understand. Son of a gun. That boy's good. (laughs) I tell you what, man. That biscuit can fry.
0: Right. (laughs) Oh my god.
1: I just don't Oh, okay.
3: Before we I want to mention something real fast because it's been bothering me since Matt said it he said two-headed horse or three-headed or three-headed monster and that made me think of this if you have something that has two heads you're like oh that's just a horse with two heads if you have a horse with three heads you're like oh fuck that's a monster
0: get that out of my sight it's going to eat my children
2: <laughs> amazing <laughs> Maybe it has that's something... It. Two-headed horse, three-headed monster. That's the episode. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Easy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Two-headed horse, three-headed monster.
2: <laughs> I don't know why I said that. It's just...
3: <laughs> Maybe it's got
1: something to do with the amount of feed you would need. Like, two horses... Like, ah, you know,
3: two- a horse that's feed for two, that's fine. But, like, three, like, oh, God, no way. <laughs> that's gonna just destroy my finances. Right. Um, one last thing, and then we'll move on to
1: the Super Bowl thing. Uh, the Jimmy Garoppolo article... Can we talk about that? Uh, we can just for like briefly I
0: cover it very briefly because we're, we're already over an hour.
1: Uh, you two know what I'm talking about, right? He what? was
2: dating some old lady. Or no, what?
1: no, no. The thing about when they were asking him about his time in the Patriots. Oh, oh yes. that part. Yeah, that I don't part. Know. I didn't read that. No. He. They were just asking him about you know his time with Brady, and I'm paraphrasing it, but this is literally what Jimmy Garoppolo said: "Is like, yeah, I thought I was better than him from the jump." Oh, shit. And, I like that. And he said, he's like, it wasn't anything, like, against him. He's like, but that's just, like, the nature. He's like, at, at points, we wanted to kill each other. He actually says that. Like, at some points, Brady and I wanted to kill each other. But like, I love it. And, like, I was talking to Justin about it yesterday. And he said that, you know, it, it's, I've always I've always felt like I was really good. And I felt like they, you know, they spent the pick on me. And he was told that, you know, that he was kind of... He had confidence in him, that confidence within the Patriots organization that were telling him that, like, hey, like, once Brady's gone, this is going to be your team. And I guess, like, very shortly after he kind of felt like that time was coming, that was when he was traded. And it's interesting that uh, some people may know this. There's a video that exists out when Jimmy eventually became the starting quarterback for the 49ers. There's a video of Brady, like, in game, in huddle, mic'd up. And then it's juxtaposed next to Garoppolo in huddles on the sideline. Oh, yeah, up, I
2: saw that. And they
1: sound exactly the same.
2: Yeah, yeah, I saw now, that. Now,
1: part of what Jimmy is saying is that from a skill standpoint, he thought he was better than Brady. Now, he couldn't have been, he couldn't have had the intangibles of Brady at the start, right? Right, right. But then you see that video and you think to yourself, wow, he sounds a lot like him. So, a part of me is thinking that maybe over the course of, like, that two years, Garoppolo started to pick up on the things that Brady kind of had the edge on him.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: And Brady was like, oh, no. Like, if this dude becomes, like, half the leader that I am, I'm gone. Like, I'm out of here. And that's what spawned Brady
2: forcing the trade.
1: Forcing the trade. I just thought about that. Like knowing that like that this was Garoppolo's kind of mindset that like I'm better than this dude. Like I can take his job. The only thing I don't have is is his intangibles and if I can pick up on those then I can take I can take this spot away from the greatest quarterback ever. That could be my legacy. But Brady was like, "Nope.
2: Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Get out of here. This is my team." Shipped him out of Boston, right? Shipped him,
1: <laughs> and you know what? And another thing, I said, you know what would be the most Brady thing ever? Because this is one of the most fascinating stories ever. Like this is one of the one of the coolest things to ever happen in football. Because I think it's just so unique. Like we've never seen this happen before. I think three years from now, not this upcoming season or the season after. I don't think. I think it's the it's three years from now, is when the Niners play the Patriots. Brady will be 43. You think he's still playing in three Kay. years. He wants to play until he said, listen, he said he wants to play until he's 45. He would be 43. Wouldn't it be the most Brady thing ever if Garoppolo turns out to be really good? He plays well this year, plays well the next year. Maybe they're a playoff team, whatever. And, then they, and they're going into that year and everyone's hyping it up like, oh man, we're going to get Brady versus Garoppolo. And Brady goes, yeah, I'm done. OH MY GOD! <laughs> and just bounces. He retires two years early and he just bounces before he ever has to go up against Jimmy Garoppolo. Would that not be the most Tom Brady thing ever? Oh, that'd be the bradiest Brady thing. Oh, it'd be the most Brady thing ever. Like he was like, ah Ooh man, I'm 43
2: and my
3: shoulder hurts this morning Yeah, I, I don't I'm not know. feeling the passion anymore the pistachio ice cream didn't work as planned <laughs> right
1: <laughs> Guerrero didn't stretch me properly this morning i'm i'm feeling a little but like i thought like oh man that would be the most because you know the second the season ended the season 2 years from now and that sketch was like okay here are the matchups everyone everyone on the face of the planet would be like there it is right there san fran new england jimmy versus brady here we go and then Brady would just retire. <laughs> like, Brady just retires. Just like, nah, oh no, my God. I'm all right. And then, of course, no one's going to, no one's going to, he's never going to say, like, oh, yeah, I retire, you know, whatever. He's going to say, oh, you know, I'm tired. And then people are going to say, well, I mean, you never get to go up against your uh, your old contemporary in in, uh, in Garoppolo. He's like, well, there's going to be a lot of guys I never go up against. That would be the Brady answer. The Brady answer would oh, be, yeah, of course. yeah, the Brady answer would be, well, there's going to be a lot of guys that I never get to play now, but, I mean, I'm 43, People are like, but
2: no, really, dude. Like, come on.
3: Like, you didn't want to go up against Jimmy.
2: Man, I want this to happen now.
3: I don't think he's going to play for another two years. You don't think so? No.
1: You think? How? Okay, well, then, in that sense, do you think this year his last year?
3: I think it's either this year or next year.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. If, yeah. it's,
3: if it's... Right, it's either this year or next year.
1: Ah, Man, I... In that sense, did the Patriots make the right move with Garoppolo then?
3: Uh, it depends if he doesn't
1: actually fulfill what he said he wanted to do and play it till he's 45?
3: Depends on how many Super Bowls they win.
1: Yeah. I did read an article that said that Brady owes the Patriots at least one more Super Bowl because of what he did. Essentially throwing away their future.
2: I, yeah, I mean, I believe it. I don't know if he's going to be able to do it, though, because the talent in the NFL is getting better and better. And the Patriots are... Getting worse. Yeah, Talent-wise, they're getting worse. But at the same time, every time we say that, they still go out and win 12 games.
1: I, I think... Yeah, you're right. But I also think that this is the first time that we've ever seen... I mean, dude, they're trying to trade Malcolm Mitchell. Like, who on earth is going... Who are they gonna going the to they gonna throw the ball to? Like, I understand... They have the, one of the best tight ends in football. But, like, if you're throwing a Gronkowski 12 to 15 times a season or a game, he's going to get hurt. It's just almost a factual, like, it, it's like a probable fact that he will get hurt if you throw the ball to him that much. Dude, if he goes down and you don't have Amendola and you don't have Michael Mitchell and you don't have Brandon Cooks and you don't have – I know they drafted Sony Michel. Dude, if Gronk goes down, what are they going to do offensively? Like, what is going to happen? So, but that's the uh, that's the Jimmy Garoppolo story. So, do we want to get to Super Bowl? What yeah, it takes to win a Super
3: Bowl? Uh, cause we're... Do you want to just skip Super Bowl wait, and wait, uh, we'll do that next week? Yeah.
0: Oh, you know what? Yeah, we we, we're, we spent... we're running we're running along. That's fine.
3: Yeah, we had our couple. Wait, let's
0: let's do our predictions here real quick and then we'll sign off. Cool. Yeah, that works. We'll do the predi- that gives us more time to like kind of gauge out what we want because we just came up with that idea yesterday. Right. So that kind of gives us more time to gauge out what we, exactly what we want to do, that's the fair. game plan, stuff like that.
1: Um, We have the AFC East again. Once again, this is the Dolphins, Jets, Bills, and Patriots. We already talked about the Bills a bit, and we talked about the Patriots just now, so this might somewhat be a little bit redundant, but um, we'll do the specifics. Who? I'll go first. You want to go first?
3: I have the Bills, Dolphins, and the Jets winning one more game than the Patriots. What? Oh shit. I have the
2: Oh, you mean combined.
3: Right. Combined. Oh, okay, 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 oh, okay. I have okay. the Buffalo Bills at last at 3 and 13. I have Miami at second or third, whatever. Second last place mm. with 4 and 12. Uh Jets are 5 and 11 and Patriots are 11 and 5. Okay. That's one thing we didn't talk about. Sam Darnold's holding out already. Yeah, because he didn't get. They didn't sign him.
1: Right. They didn't sign him to his rookie deal.
2: Yeah, and he's one of like the wow.
0: three rookies that haven't signed yet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Now, I think our, all of ours are probably gonna be pretty similar. The numbers will be different. Yeah. Well, I have, and like it, it's. Their schedules are pretty. I think it's pretty straightforward. There's a few like anomaly games, especially in the division when it's not the Patriots. Uh, but I have the Bills in last, four and twelve. Then I have both the Jets and Dolphins at five and eleven. Yeah. And then I have okay. the Patriots at eleven and five.
1: So two straight people with the Patriots at eleven and five. Who are the five losses? I, I just want to know offhand. Okay. You since you just your since you have yours up right now. Who are the
0: Patriots' five losses? Week two at the Jaguars. Okay. Week six versus the Chiefs. Okay. Week nine versus the Packers. Okay. Week thirteen
3: versus the Vikings. Week fourteen at Miami. And that's five. And that's five. What about you? I have week two at Jaguars. Week nine against the Packers. Week ten at the Titans. Ooh. Uh, okay. Week thirteen. With the Vikings and then Week 14 at the Dolphins because they're going to lose one division game. Okay.
1: I just I just wanted to know. All right, All right Matt. Who are your uh, do your AFC Easties? AFC Easties. All right. Sorry, I
2: was checking. Lost thing. I wanted to make sure my numbers. Line. Oh, okay, on. no, that's fine. Now I get the Bills at four and twelve, the Jets at four and twelve, the Dolphins at five and eleven, and the Patriots at eleven and five. Wow. And I, the Patriots losses I have, they're gonna. I mean, it's gonna be similar Patriot fare. I have them losing week one to the Texans, week two to the Jaguars. Uh, they'll win week three, week four, week five. They'll lose week six to the Chiefs. So coming out of week six, they'll be three and three. But then they hit their stride, you know, they beat the Bears, beat the Bills. I have them losing to the Packers, but I think it'll be close. Beat the Titans, beat the Jets, beat the Vikings, lose to the Dolphins, beat the Steelers, beat the Bills, beat the Jets. That's why, like, I feel like people are going to, like, claim things are going bad again when they're 3-3 and early in the season and not realize that November right. hasn't started yet. But, like, yeah, the other teams, I mean, I the, the Bills – the only notable win. I mean, I have them beating the Titans, but like, <laughs> I, I feel like the, just because... And then I have them, uh, in Bill's fashion, beating the Lions in week 15 and keeping them out of the playoffs. Oh. <laughs> Cla- oh, you're, That's a
1: dig at the Lions. That's not even a dig at the Bills. Mm-hmm. What about the Dolphins and Jets?
2: Oh, their losses? Or their... No, their well, wins. Well, yeah, their records, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, no, the The Jets have... Are gonna have the same record as the Bills, four and twelve. Um,
3: I remember him saying that.
2: Yeah, yeah I said that, and oh, then the okay. Dolphins are gonna be five and eleven. And okay, was, I didn't remember him saying. I that. have the Dolphins. Well, the Dolphins are gonna win one more game because they can split with the tight or with the Patriots, right. and the other two teams can't. Um, I have
1: the Patriots. Uh, also, with four all four of us have the Patriots, eleven and five. I have the exact same record that Justin has. Um, I originally had them at 12-4, and four, and then I realized that the big part about that Dolphins game is that not only is it at Miami, that and, and Tom Brady actually has a losing record in Miami, but it's sandwiched in between the Vikings and Steelers games. Yep. So that's the real big part where I think that, that could easily be a loss. But I have the exact same uh, record as Justin. I have them as the two seed in the AFC. I do not have them as the one seed. And we're not going to get to who I have as the 1C for a long time, but we'll see. Um, I have the Bills at 3 and 13. I think they're going to be really bad. Uh, I have the Dolphins at 6 and 10. I originally had them at 5 and 11 until I changed that uh, one game. I have the Jets at 7 and 9. Really? Yeah. Um, the Jets last year were projected to, like, win two games, and they were actually, like, really competitive. I went s- s- 5 or 6, didn't they? Well, they were, but there was a lot that they should have won. Like, they should have beaten the Patriots the first time they played. They they blew a couple, like, fourth quarter leads. Like, Josh McCown actually played really, really well. Um, they have a pretty – so they signed Tremaine Johnson. They, like, won the Tremaine Johnson sweepstakes. Um, and they combined him with Jamal Adams, who's a really good young safety. I just think that the Jets – the Jets aren't going to be, like, a team that – is ever in contention for the playoffs. But I think that they capitalize on two teams in their division that are worse than they are, where they win like three games. And then they can upset. I think they could easily upset three to four other teams that are probably supposed to beat them, but maybe not by a whole lot. Maybe it's like one of those... And he's like, ah, uh, the Jets are not as good, so we'll pick this team, but it might be an upset and the Jets win. I think the Jets steal a couple games, and they go 7-9. and nine.
3: I think if Darnold's starting all year, he has, like, a Carson Wentz, Jared Goff rookie year where it's not oh, yeah. that great, and, like, I think it was, like, uh, like Carson show... Wentz had like four wins at the beginning of the season and like lost the rest of them, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. And then and he like... showed like
2: those flashes in the pan that he could be good. Right, yeah. so I feel like, I agree, I think that's what you might see in a dirt. That's
3: good. why I have them at lower like five and 11. If he plays, hold out right now.
2: <laughs> I mean, you got to assume he's going to
3: play. There's no way that they.
2: I don't know what the deal is. Like you, the rookie contracts are under the CBA. Like I, I think it's like how much of it's gonna be guaranteed money or something like that. Yeah. I just, I just, I don't get. Okay, that. if Sam Darnold doesn't play, who would you rather have
1: starting for the Jets, Josh McCown or Teddy Bridgewater?
2: Oh, Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, I guess.
1: Does he win more games than McCown? Hell yeah, yeah dude. Absolutely. You think so? Yeah, oh, hell I think so. yeah. He hungry. So you, would your okay? Would your projections change if you knew today Teddy Bridgewater was the starting quarterback?
0: Yeah, uh, they would have uh, at least one less win. One less win than than what I have them at right now. Yeah,
2: with Wait, Darnold. With Darnold. You oh, with Darnold. A- oh,
0: what I have down here right now was assuming Darnold's playing.
1: Oh, okay. So you're saying what you have there is assuming Darnold plays, but if Darnold doesn't play, it's one
2: less win. So
1: you think Teddy wins less games? Yes. Okay. And
2: Darnold, yes. I think Teddy so, would win about the same, maybe one more, only because he's got a little veteran status, and he wouldn't get, like, shaky in, like, a big moment. But even then, I feel like
1: he was very average yeah, in Minnesota.
2: Yeah, that's the thing. He, he, he never okay. showed, like, brilliance. No, not at I, all.
3: I, I, and I think McCown just I don't know. I'd take McCown yeah. over Teddy, I think. He wasn't
1: playing bad last year. Right. you played okay. You have, the,
3: you have the quarterback that's familiar with the system for another year, mm-hmm. familiar with the players and the receivers and the offense. Uh, coaches are the same. I think just that familiar, familiarity with the system gives him the edge over Teddy.
1: Yeah. Also, Terrell Pryor is a Jet. Is. Fun fact.
3: I didn't know he signed. He is. So their receiving core right now is Terrell Pryor,
1: Robbie Anderson, and Jermaine Curse, and maybe Quincy Inunua. He comes back from that neck injury.
2: I mean, it could be good. That's, like, not bad. Yeah, that's, that's not like bad. That's, like, a pretty solid receiving core. No, it's pretty solid, and they right. still have the good defense. I just I feel like they're growing pains, Donald yeah. and everything. That's why I have them so low. Like,
1: the Jets are, like, a year away or a year or two away from being, like, a
3: pretty okay team. Like
2: Pretty much, exactly. They're, gonna they're go- a
3: Brady retirement away from almost winning the AFC East. I think if Brady
1: retired right now, I think the Jets would win the AFC. <laughs> <laughs> like the Dolphins are just cleaning house, and the Bills just blow. Suck. The Bills just blow. So right.
2: I think I think you're right about that. Yeah. Um. So. Oh, what division are we gonna do? Yeah. So what are next? we going go to talk week. about everything for next week. We got on the docket for next week. We got what does it take to win a Super Bowl? We yep. got uh. What what teams are we NFC. Talk about? NFC NFC? We're, we're gonna
1: go to the NFC, but do we do the SAP? Or, okay, well. South, West, or, or north. north? What do you want to do? We have an NFC South fan and an NFC North fan, so I'm assuming you'll—that's where you'll go. So it's you because you, you're going to say North, right? No. Unless you want to, unless you want to throw another division out there. Who do you want to do, Justin? Between the three. Finish Ooh. up with the Easts, and then we'll do, Let's the, do the West. You, you want to do the NFC West. Let's do the oh, NFC West. Man. What it do you makes, want to do, man?
2: No, the NFC West is fine. That just means we're 2 weeks out from the AFC West. <laughs> do
3: you, what do you want to do? Uh, it doesn't matter.
2: Doesn't Okay. I, I,
3: I have the South done
1: already. You have the South done already? Um You know, we'll do the West.
0: The, I think the, the West NFC will West.
1: be a, the West will be a fun one to do. It
0: will. yeah. Definitely. And then
1: 2 weeks from now will be the really fun one to do. Yeah. With the AFC
3: West, I, the AFC I, do have West. The, I do have the AFC West done. Oh gosh! Because oh. our communication—shit. So, Once that's laid out, now me and Matt have
2: to each pick a team to do. What team you want to report on? What? We're getting—we're we're getting pretty deep into it. We've covered a lot of teams, actually. We have. Holy shit! How we're thorough. About, how about
0: I get a hold of them and bring in our boy Dome to do the Giants?
1: I like that idea. That'd be a fun one.
2: Guest Giants reporter. Yeah. Our our Giants beat reporter. I've <laughs> been on the podcast let,
1: once, you know. I'm letting you guys know right now. You're not ready for dome analysis. Oh, it's gonna be like, excellent. You you guys think we're memey and you guys think we like joke around a lot. You guys have no.
0: Well, they have an idea. I mean, they have a, a sample. He he's been
3: he was he was on a podcast with us for like three hours when we did the the, the, the draft episode. Scheme wise, dome no probably knows more about football than all of us but he's also doesn't care (laughs) Uh, assuming
2: we can work it out in a week maybe if not you are you saying you want to do the giants
0: no i i I would love to save the giants for him um if if i can't get him in here to do the giants i want to do the buccaneers
2: you want to do the Buccos, huh okay yes Alrighty, um, that old
1: bay of pigs rivalry between green bay and tampa bay
2: all right, well, let's keep it in the family then, and I'll wrap sense. up. I'll wrap up the NFC South with the Panthers, considering we've done the Saints and Falcons.
0: Okay, sounds good. I like that
1: idea. It's a good idea. Hey, All
2: right, everybody. I'm gonna ask Justin oh, where we yeah. can find us. Shit! Oh, where can where are. Where are you listening?
0: Where? <laughs> where, 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 take, where are we? <laughs> take, take a deep look inside and ask yourself, where are you listening to us right now? Well, if you'll go ahead and open up your mobile device and look down, you'll see that you're probably either listening to us on <laughs> iTunes or on the Google Podcasts app. Or, if you're on your PISA, you're listening to us on, at com. Uh,
2: what about if they're not listening to us, but they want to know what we have to say about stuff?
0: Um, you can follow us on Twitter at
2: FatPod F A D
0: P O D. That was F A D P O D. F A D P O D. You could also do the same on Facebook if you just add F O D P O D. We will show up. That is awesome. Yes, and uh, see if there's that's... anywhere else you can contact. You can follow us on our personal Twitter's if you want. I I I'd recommend you follow. I recommend you follow at Corey on Sports. Follow Corey Sports Twitter page is excellent. You can follow that Real Nate Kuiper. He talks more about sports and wrestling. C- and then his show that premieres every Monday at 10 a.m. called Kuiper Knows Best, or YSNLive.com slash Kuiper.
1: Corey absolutely just Kobe'd a water bottle across the room, and I can't stop laughing about it.
3: <laughs> exactly. <Excellent. laughs> like, Cor- shot. Matt was. Th- you we, have to see my point of view from the trash can. I team. know. I could see a corner of it. Yeah,
1: like, <laughs> we're, we're closing out the show, and Corey just absolutely drilled a, a coat. Oh, man, I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> I can't, like, focus. That was really funny. But yeah, uh, personal twitters cory on sports is cory's uh sports twitter uh i do i talk about sports and occasionally i talk about wrestling uh justin talks about mostly music pop culture stuff matt talks about the chiefs and anime that's about it so you know it's a nice little mix so
3: whatever you have interest in (laughs) right you could probably beat us up <laughs> but, but most likely,
1: between the four of us, one of us is gonna have an opinion that's gonna want you to be like you're gonna want to beat us up. Like one of us is bound to have one. So oh, for sure. be there eventually.
0: The hot, the hot takes that we spit out on Twitter. Oh my God! Don't oh, don't, God. don't look at it. All right, everybody. I'll see you next week. I won't. I love I you. I can't see any of you. Oh yeah. You're uh, offline. I was gonna say we didn't we didn't make the
1: joke.
2: Uh, it's not right. over yet. Right. Justin loves you, Kuiper doesn't. That's yeah.
0: it. We'll, th- that's yeah, a good one. We'll do happened. that. Yeah. <laughs>